The Growing Destinations podcast is brought to you by Experience Rochester. Learn more about Minnesota's third largest city, which is home to Mayo Clinic and features wonderful recreational and entertainment opportunities by visiting experiencerochestermn.com. What a privilege it is to just dine out and what a privilege it is to stay in a nice hotel and to uh, see live music. That's one of the things we miss most was just seeing live performances. So we don't take any of those things for granted and they're just even more special to us now. For me, travel is about the new adventures, about seeing new things, new places, meeting new people, and just the experiences that I can have or that we can share that, that bring the world to life. The, the world is a huge place with so many beautiful things to see and, and do and try, and it's just that, that attitude of experimentation that travel invokes. Welcome to the Growing Destinations podcast, where we take a deep dive into destination development and focus on a wide range of topics, from tourism and entertainment to economic development and entrepreneurism, and much more. I'm your host, Bill Von Bank. In 2014, Ann and Steve Teagett left their highly successful jobs in corporate America. Inspired by new adventures, the Empty Nest Midwesterners began publishing the Postcard Jar travel blog, highlighting their many travel adventures. Ann and Steve will admit starting the blog wasn't easy, but they've learned a lot along the way, including how to live healthier, thanks in part to the Mayo Clinic Healthy Living Program. Over the course of two years, they've lost a combined 200 pounds and have adopted an attitude of experimentation, which has made their lives more complete and travel more exciting. They hope their storytelling influences others. As natural learners, they say locals always give the best advice. Join me for a conversation with Postcard Jar founders Ann and Steve Teagett. Ann and Steve Teagett, welcome to the Growing Destinations podcast. Thank you very much for having us. Great to be here. You both have a popular travel blog called Postcard Jar, which is the focus of today's podcast. Before we delve into that, share with us a bit about yourselves. Anne? I am a native Midwesterner. I was born and raised in Nebraska and went to college and studied journalism. And I started my career out as a sports writer for a newspaper and then spent more than 20 years in public relations. And at the end of my my that part of my career was a vice president of communications and then government relations for a Fortune 500 company. Steve? And I am also a native Midwesterner. I grew up in Iowa, uh, went to college in Wisconsin at Lawrence University, began teaching after that in Mississippi for six years Spanish. Then I moved to Nebraska, taught there, then moved into educational administration was an activities director, assistant principal, and finally finished up as a, as a middle school principal. I want to learn a little bit more about Postcard Jar, the, the blog, that the travel blog you have, a beautiful website as well with such rich information. How did that all start? Well, it started eight years ago. We'd always loved traveling and as a writer and Steve spent some time in in a radio, we always loved storytelling. And eight years ago, I became very sick. And in between five surgeries and 17 months, I found myself at home a lot. I had had, had to leave my career and really just needed something to do to stay positive. And so we had, had tinkered around with the idea of someday starting a blog. And that someday came a little sooner than we had anticipated, but it was just really a way for me to 
keep busy and keep positive. And our our very first blog post that we published actually we hit the publish button right here in Rochester, Minnesota, from the executive lounge at the Doubletree Hotel, where <laughs> we had a few days between doctor's appointments, and it seemed like the right time and the right place to just start doing it. We got the name Postcard Jar. When we traveled, ever since the very beginning when we traveled together, we would look for, you know, we were trying to find a, a affordable souvenir that wouldn't clog up shelves like like um, some tchotchkes or whatever. And we settled on postcards and they were really useful because we could jot down a few things that we did that day, wherever we were, and then mail them home to ourselves. And we found ourselves with a stack of postcards. And so we put them in a decorative jar inside our right inside our front door and we called that the postcard jar. And then at the end of the year, we could pull them out and read back through what we'd done and kind of tie a bow around them and, and, and save them that way. And so it just seemed like a really fitting name for our blog, that it would be our postcard jar that we'd be sharing about our travels and and our experiences. Do you remember the first blog you wrote? Yes. I think it said something about, we have no followers, no stories yet, (laughs) but we're here and we're going to try it. And we hope that you'll come along with us on all of our adventures and journeys and that it will be something that will inspire you wherever you are to take the next step on your journey. What is it about travel that inspired you to go in that direction, a travel blog? For me, travel is about the new adventures, about seeing new things, new places, meeting new people, and just the experiences that I can have or that we can share that, that bring the world to life. The, the world is a huge place with so many beautiful things, to see and and do and try. And it's just that, that attitude of experimentation that travel invokes. You know, I didn't do a lot of traveling when I was young. Most of my travel was very close to home, small, short road trips. And when I started getting out into the world a little bit more and lived in a different part of the country and, and then eventually traveled out of the country, it just opened my eyes to such an array of people. And I think it's it's my, I'm very much a people person and travel has always allowed me to connect with people that I would never connect with in the small town where I lived. And that was just so intriguing and inspiring. And I just learned so much about different ways of life, different cultures, different languages. And there's just something about learning about somebody who's very different than me or or the people in my circles that was interesting and fun and and still to this day I love beautiful views I love seeing the sunset over the ocean in in a you know something I've never seen but for me travel is about people and culture and making those connections how easy or hard was it to get started with the blog it was not easy. <laughs> I won't lie. Uh, I think we thought it was going to be fairly yeah. easy. I mean, I think we thought let's we'll watch we'll, a couple of YouTube videos yeah, and we'll, we'll put get this a, website together. We'll put together, we'll grab a, a URL. You know, we'll get our little domain <laughs> registration, and and then we'll start a blog, and it'll be super easy. We'll upload some photos, and then we learn. Well, we have to figure out how to do the HTML code and how to upload the photos, and what's the right size for the photos, and then how do we do it? search engine optimization and keywords and yeah and then we had to figure out after we figured out all of that we had to figure out how do we tell people about this and so 
then then we had to dip into the world of social media and figuring out you know how 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 do we get people to our blog so every week we learn something new things change almost daily in this world but it's been fun we're both I think natural learners and so it's been fun to learn new things and different ways of basically telling stories of the food destinations and healthy lifestyles that we encounter. As you go into a community, do you have like a template you work from or how do you engage the community? If we're working with a destination or a destination partner, we we look to them to give us some suggestions on maybe where to start. But otherwise, I think what we do, we just try to, to find our way into locally owned businesses and start talking to the people who work there and ask questions. Yeah, I think a lot of the times the places that we end up being were not necessarily on our itinerary, but there are things that we learn from locals. I think the the local people always give us the best advice. I know the first time that we visited Rochester, we sort of stayed close to our hotel. We walked to the clinic for my appointments. We ate within a two-block radius. And it wasn't until we started getting on Instagram or Facebook and just asking our followers, those of you who have been to Rochester or who live in Rochester, what do you recommend? And we often take their advice, and that's opened up up a whole new world of places that we wouldn't have necessarily found on TripAdvisor. Healthy living and wellness travel is a big focus for you. Tell us more about that. You know, we did not start out focusing on healthy living at all. In fact, I think the first five to six years of our blog, we found every greasy burger joint in small town America. Um, And and loved them. And loved every <laughs> single one of them. Now I'm thinking about that blueberry, blueberry, blueberry bread, bread pudding in, in Tupelo. Tupelo. <laughs> At the blue See, canoe. Oh. It doesn't take much. <laughs> but about three years ago, we both sort of looked at ourselves and our lifestyle and said we were both obese. We were, things were becoming more difficult. We were encountering more health issues We weren't able to do all of the things that we wanted to do as we traveled. In fact, one of our last trips. There was a lot of world left to see. Yeah, there was a lot of world. One of our last trips before we sort of got on this healthy living journey was to Santorini, Greece, and Athens. And I was looking so forward to climbing the Acropolis and seeing those beautiful views and learning this history. And the, the trip up was so difficult for me that I didn't enjoy it to the fullest potential. And so I think in in March of 2019, we both looked at each other and said, listen, we have to do something to develop healthier lifestyles. So uh, in part with help from the Mayo Clinic Healthy Living Program, we developed a much healthier lifestyle. We started eating, completely changed our diet. We, We pretty much eliminated most processed foods, started eating more fruits and vegetables, more lean meats, more whole grains, and we we had good results. Yeah, uh, over the course of the last couple of years, we have lost a combined 200 pounds. Wow, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I'm down about 70, and actually it took about nine months for me to lose that, and I've kept that off now for about two and a half years. And Anne, you are down? 130 and still going. So... <laughs> It really wasn't just about weight loss for us. It was just about being being healthier people. And weight loss was a part of that. And and certainly our 
physiological numbers, our blood tests and things all have improved. But more importantly, we've worked on things like activity and just adding more movement to our days. We've also worked on resiliency, things like mindful eating, uh, finding joy in everyday tasks, and a lot of those things that we need to be healthy from a mental and emotional spiritual standpoint as well. You know, we've, we've added a lot of experimenting into what we'll do, especially with say activities. I remember there was a, an opportunity we had to do a bungee class where <laughs> we were suspended by bungee cords from a ceiling and you would move and, and, and sort of bounce around. And we did it. We had a good time and we looked at each other when we were done and thought, well, that we did, we're a one and done on that one. <laughs> But we tried it. And I think even as you get older, you know, when you're young and you're a child, you just try everything. And I think the older we get, we kind of found ourselves stuck and we just, we weren't really willing to change and adapt. And and we knew we needed to, we needed to at least try. And so I think one of the things we learned at the Mayo Clinic Healthy Living Program was to just adopt an attitude of experimentation. And this may not work, it may not be fun, but I'm going to try it. And and it's led us to a lot of things that we have really enjoyed that we didn't know we enjoyed. And it's made our life just so much more complete and fun. Yeah, by, by trying, we learn we either like something and we'll do it again, or we don't like it, but hey, at least we know that we don't like it. And so that's a win-win. Would you say it, it, you became more adventure seekers out of it? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I would agree. What has surprised you at some of the destinations you visited? Like, I wasn't expecting that. Wow. One of those destinations is the state of North Dakota. We had gone up to, to speak at a conference, and we weren't sure what to expect, but we were pretty sure you know North Dakota wouldn't be for us. In fact, if you look at the st- statistics, North Dakota is typically the last state that people visit when they visit all 50 states. The last one they check off is North Dakota. And I got to tell you that that is a mistake. Um, <laughs> we loved, absolutely loved North Dakota. We've gone back every year since. Yeah, it's got beautiful, wide open spaces and gorgeous national parks, the the Medora musical, which we'd never heard of, is a blast and tons of fun. And unique destinations like the Ronald Reagan missile site. Who knew? Yeah. So so that's been a lot of fun. Another destination, to be, to be honest, that we're surprised about, and we tell people about it all the time, is Rochester, Minnesota. The Mayo Clinic is what brought us here, but it is the miles and miles of trails, the outdoor nature experimentation and, and activities that we have here. Some of the best restaurants that we've tried in the entire Midwest are right here in Rochester. And, and of course, just that caring nature and the friendly people that are here, it makes this a destination that we enjoy coming to even when we don't have appointments. In fact, we, we decided to spend our 10th anniversary yeah, here. exactly. I mean, people think of Rochester, they think, well, I'm going to the doctor, I'll go to Rochester. But come to Rochester just to come to Rochester because, like Ann said, we love it. And it was our the place that we chose for our 10th anniversary. We spent the most time here. But with the, the great dining and, and food and hotel options, it was a perfect fit for us. It doesn't just have to be a medical destination. Oh, absolutely not. In fact, now we typically, when we come here for medical appointments, like we did this week, 
we put on an extra day or two to our trip if we have the time in our schedule to just experience Rochester. Uh, one of the things that we love is we we are never bored here. Yesterday we had a few hours, so we went over to the library, which is amazing. Uh, and that's always fun to do. We had lunch at Victoria's. We absolutely do not come to Rochester without eating the mango chicken salad at Victoria's. <laughs> and I love that in Rochester, we've been here in January when it is the dead of winter and super cold, and we have not had to go outside because of the subway system and the skyway system. Everything is connected so you can just stay inside and you can walk and walk and get a lot of steps in and experience a lot of nice things, including great shopping with no sales tax on clothes, by the way. Thank you, <laughs> or Minnesota. Shoes. Or shoes. <laughs> Thank you, Minnesota. Um, but you can experience all of that without having to go outside, and we really enjoy that. How has COVID-19 impacted your travel and your writing? COVID-19 has impacted, obviously, the travel world a great deal, and it has changed the way we've looked to travel, and that that really kind of blended in well with our healthy travel, our healthy lifestyle options. We've looked for more outdoor activities, outdoor dining opportunities, and just sort of low-risk destinations. Yeah, I think that's been the most important thing. Before COVID, when we went to travel, we would just select a city either that we were working in or if we were just traveling for our own leisure, we'd just look for something based on the activities that we were going to do there or where we wanted to eat, what we wanted to see or learn. But we learned through COVID that we actually, because of my health issues and I was immune suppressed, greatly immune suppressed for much of COVID, uh, we really were seeking out destinations that were lower risk where spread was not great, where higher percentages of people were vaccinated. That was something that we have never thought about as we've traveled. That's probably been one of the greatest changes. To be honest, we looked for places that had some masking requirements during the really high-risk times and places where we felt we could feel safe and, and lower risk. And we learned that there are many of those, especially in the Midwest. There are so many opportunities for outdoor dining and outdoor adventures and trails and, and nature, that the Midwest became a really wonderful place to our, uh, for us to explore more of during yeah. the pandemic. And we also, you know, especially in the early days of the pandemic, when, when people were traveling, you know, from the bedroom to the living room, to the kitchen <laughs> and back, we connected with some contacts we had in Italy and we did a Facebook live with them and did a cooking class for anybody who wanted to, to come along with us. And we made pasta and this tomato sauce and it took a few hours, but you know what? We had nothing but time and we had a lot of people. It was a very good response. We also had a new way of doing a date night. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, one of the things that was tough for us is we love shopping local. We love supporting local restaurants and businesses. And that was often difficult during the pandemic. But we said where there's a will, there's a way. And we were we live about 40 miles from some of our very favorite restaurants in Lincoln, Nebraska. And so by the time we would get takeout food there, and drive at home, it was often cold or the pompadom wasn't crispy. And so we got innovative and we figured out a way to put a table, including nice mood lighting and real plates in the back of our minivan. And we went to local restaurants, ordered takeout, 
While Steve went to pick up the takeout at, at the restaurant, I put the white tablecloth on the table and lit the, not lit the candles, turned the them on, battery, 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 battery operated, operated tur- <laughs> turned on the candles and set the table. And we enjoyed wonderful local dinners from local restaurants right in the back of our minivan. We did get some nice. interesting looks in parking lots. <laughs> Uh, That's okay. Among your travels, you like to take cruises, and that has been an industry really hit hard during the pandemic. Can you talk a little bit about your affinity for cruises, and will you still take them? You know, cruising is one of those things that neither one of us did most of our lives until we were married. We took our first cruise in 2013 to Alaska, and we absolutely fell in love with cruising We love the fact that we could unpack our suitcase once, go to a lot of destinations uh, while we were sleeping at night, and then wake up in a new place every day. And that cruising has just been wonderful for us, and especially with some of my health issues. But it definitely has been hit hard during the pandemic, but we have felt very comfortable and very at low risk cruising since we let's see we started cruising in august of 2021 after the shutdown when cruising reopened we've we just got back from our fourth cruise since the reopening and have had absolutely fantastic experiences on all four cruises the cruise industry's done a lot though to mitigate spread of illness and make it a low-risk environment and i think the cruise industry is gets a bit of a bad rap because they're the only section of the travel industry that's required to share information with the CDC and re- make and report out on that. So a Caribbean resort, for instance, won't share the number of COVID cases that they've had or that have been traced back to their, you'll never hear about it. But if something happens on a ship, if there's even one, you'll hear about it. The ship is put in, you know, yellow status or something. And so it's, it's, it's publicized, but I don't think any other section of the travel industry has done as much to mitigate against COVID. Every employee is vaccinated. They're all tested at least weekly. All the passengers are tested before they board. They all have to be vaccinated. The ventilation systems have all been upgraded. Fresh air. I think I read every six to eight minutes, the entire space has changes. So it's, it's a, It's a great industry. We enjoy it. And I do think cruising will come back. The demand looks like it's very, very strong. I could tell you from the pricing, we've looked into a few cruises for next year and and they're more expensive. I mean, the, the demand is definitely growing. One of the things we loved most about cruising and we have throughout, you know, since we started cruising again in August is that they're running at reduced capacity numbers. So we were fortunate to be able to take Steve's mom and dad on a cruise in October, and it was about half the price we would normally pay or below half price, and there were only 300 guests on the ship. And the ship held 2,200. Wow, big difference. Yeah. You felt like you were on a private yacht, to be honest. <laughs> it was amazing. Nice. We'll probably never have that again, and I hope we don't because I want to see the cruise in- industry, like all of these travel industries, rebound. Based on the research I'm seeing in 2022 and beyond is that people, the pent up demand is so great and that people are willing to shell out the money for that one of a kind experience, maybe an experience they've never had before. Yes. And I think that's uh, you know, a research study that we read recently as we were celebrating plan for vacation day in, in January said that people are going to take longer vacations. They're going to use more of their vacation time. I think people in the past have left vacation time on the table. I think we're going to see less and less of that. People are realizing that it's valuable that uh, time. Yeah, it's very valuable. People need to relax. They need to refresh. They need to 
revive. Yeah, if COVID taught them one lesson, it yes. was take your vacation days, exactly. among, among other lessons, but that's an important one. Absolutely. And I think it's, it taught us a lot about just not taking those opportunities for granted. I know that when we had to stop cruising or stop even for, for a, a short time when we were not going into restaurants, what a privilege it is to just dine out and what a privilege it is to stay in a nice hotel and to uh, see live music. That's one of the things we miss most was just seeing live performances. So we don't take any of those things for granted and they're just even more special to us now. And I think they're special to everyone else as well. And I think everybody's going to be looking for opportunities. Agreed. When people visit your website and read your blogs, what do you want them to take away? I think at the end of the day, our goal is always to just inspire someone to take the next step on their journey. And whether that's finding a new travel destination or developing a healthier lifestyle, or let's be honest, just getting dinner on the table, we want people to find inspiration. We want it to be a place that is joy-filled and positive in a, in a world that has a lot of sadness and a lot of negativity. I want people to feel inspired to find that next adventure. Uh, and again, it doesn't have to be an adventure to Italy. It can be an adventure to a state park near their house that I've even never even visited. But just the inspiration to take that step out of their comfort zone and try something new and experiment because they might find something they like. Anne and Steve Teagett, this has been an inspiring conversation. Love your blog. I can't, Thank you. can't wait to read more of your destinations uh, moving forward in 2022 and beyond. Thank you for being a guest on Growing Destinations. Thanks for having us. Our pleasure. Thank you for tuning in to the Growing Destinations podcast. And don't forget to subscribe. This podcast is brought to you by Experience Rochester. Find out more about Rochester, Minnesota and its growing arts and culture scene, its international culinary flavors and award-winning craft beer by visiting experiencerochestermn.com.